Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Over, 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 all things ATL. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify, that's the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, it is a hump day on Wednesday here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and we are getting ready for Falcons and Steelers. What is pretty much a must-win game for the Atlanta Falcons at this point? Because it's not really because, you know, it's a it's an in-division thing or an in-conference thing at that, but it's a home game that you need to win. You want to keep pace with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you want to have a possibly even get a leg up on them if they if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do fall. Because they have a pretty tough schedule coming up, too, the rest of the way. But uh, it is going to be an important game. We'll take a first look at the Steelers later on in the program. But first and foremost, Squid Billy, how you doing? Yeah, no, look, good. It's a rainy day here in uh, yeah. Georgia. And uh already been out in the mess. But no, look, it's good. And, and um, you know... You just said it's 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 um it's a must win game. I I I don't I'm on the record saying I don't believe in, in in do or die games in the regular season unless your season is on the line. That being yeah. said, I do believe the Falcons season is on the line. I I believe yep. from here on out um you're playing playoff games. Now they're not games that end your season sure. per se. But you do need to start collecting some wins, and they're winnable games. The next two games yep. are very winnable. Then you get a game that's still winnable. Um, as Jacksonville just showed again that, that they that Baltimore is not unbeatable, but Baltimore is a better team nope. than you. But that's a game that um that you might not win, but you 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 kind of need it. So you need yeah. to win. Uh, I think you have five games left, if I'm not mistaken. Steelers. <laughs> Saints, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks. That's five games. You need to win four or five. Um, to me, the game that you can afford to lose would be the Baltimore game. But the other games, and I say that because it's a road game out of conference against a pretty good team. This is a game that you need to win. It's a, it's a under 500 team, and it's at home. And this team, for all the – conversation about how bad they've been on the uh, home the last since really Mercedes-Benz opened you're four and two this year at home which 
I, I, I want to do some deep diving, but I want to go back and pull your home record the last four years, and I want to say you might have won four or five games in that stretch, at least the last couple. So you've you've been good or better this year at home. Um, you should be six and zero at home because that's how good you've been at home. Um, but this is a very much a a, a a game that you you need, you have to have, especially dropping last week. So you got to win this game, and we'll get our you know we'll we'll take a peek at the at the, at the Steelers. Um, and what what the, what threats they kind of pose for you? But yeah, this is very much a, a winnable game and a must win in a lot of ways. I agree with you. Your your sentiment there. Yeah, and the the Falcons players are even saying it themselves. I mean, Alameda Zacchaeus said it uh, after last game, after the Washington game, when he talked to Dave Archer during the post game show on obviously the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network, which you and I do a great job on. He said, from here on out, this is playoffs for us. And Marcus Mariota had the same type of sentiment as well. So the players understand the situation. We understand the situation. And now it's about going out there, executing and winning football games. Like you said, the Baltimore game is the only game where you can really have a hiccup. And uh, I mean, hopefully the, the Buccaneers who look still look very much beatable after they lost in overtime to the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully they have a couple more hiccups because, you know, they still have to play. The Bengals. I think the Ravens. I think the Buccaneers still play the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. They might have already played. I don't have the Buccaneers schedule put up in front of me, but they have some tough games ahead as well. That's the point I'm making. But you have to worry about what you can do, and what you can do is you can, you know, you can control your own destiny at this point because you're only a half game uh, behind Tampa Bay for the division right now, and. It's not the fact that the wild card is necessarily out of reach, but you know, you got you got to, you're in position now when it comes to wild card, you got to jump a couple of teams to get to a, a wild card spot with him and with the NFC South, you only got to jump one and you're only a half game behind them. So, we will see how that shakes out and uh we will obviously keep talking about the Atlanta Falcons and their playoff chances as, you know, time moves on and weeks pass. But I do want to talk about you know, a particular guy, actually two particular guys, and uh, some situations we got coming up. Because one thing that has been talked about, Squid, uh, before the season even started is the cap space. Being the money, the moolah, the scratch hole that the Atlanta Falcons are going to have at the end of this season. You know, they're going to get Matt Ryan off the books. They're going to get Julio Jones off the books. They're going to get Deion Jones off the books. A lot of dead money is going to come off the books for the Atlanta Falcons after this season. So what are the Falcons going to do with that money? You know, everybody's been talking about, oh, we can go get this guy. We can go get that guy. We can do this. We can do that. Well, I'm not quite saying slow your roll, but slow your roll a little bit. Press the brakes because you're going to have to sign some of your own guys as well because the Falcons have a lot of free agents that, uh, this up, uh, after this upcoming season. And then they have a guy in Chris Lindstrom who was the best, uh, the highest graded, I should say, offensive lineman this past week, according to Pro Football Focus. And he's been a guy that's really been solid, uh, not only these past two years, but he's been really, really good this year. And Caleb McGarry's having his best season as well. So, you know, Squid, when it comes to having all this cap space, uh, next year that everybody loves to talk about, you're going to have to use that to re-sign some of your own guys as well. And some of the guys you brought in this year on one-year deals, 
you might want to re-sign them as well because some of them have played well, like Rashawn Evans, maybe even Elijah Wilkinson, you know, guys like that. So I know we're going to have a whole bunch of money, but you're going to have to use at least some of that to, to re-sign some of the guys you have. So, you know, as far as to get back to the root, as far as like Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, like, are you ready to give one or maybe both of those guys like major contract extensions? No, not to both. Absolutely not. Um, okay. Chris Lindstrom has another year. Technically, yeah. you do have the, the, the they did pick up the fifth year option on him. Which so, the Dodgers will definitely use. So, well, they've already used it. Oh, so, already yeah, they've it. already picked it up. But yes, they're they're they won't they're they're gonna they're gonna lock that in. I think yeah. you would you know you'll you'll attempt to sign him to a long term deal. Um, and how you structure that'll be important. Remember, you right. can all it's always cheaper to re-sign your own guys, right? Than than anybody else. I, I think Lindstrom. I don't really. I've said this, and I'll say it. And uh, I'm not a huge pro football focus guy. I don't believe in the website. Uh, that the, the problem for me, the problem for me is it's it's a lot easier to to judge some players than it is others. You know, right. um, but offensive line is especially one that I don't really believe in because you don't know what are you grading these guys on. You don't know their assignments. You don't know yeah. what you know. Chris Lindstrom could miss a block, but because a guy on pro on the guy he's supposed to be on, or or mess his actual assignment up, yeah, and still get graded decently on a play. When mm -hmm. in reality, you don't know who his assignment is. You don't know this, the blocking scheme. You don't know what they're doing. It's mm -hmm. not it, just because it's owned by a former NFL player. They're not coach. First off, no one in there knows what your assignment is unless you're in the huddle. That's true. Or on the headset. So maybe you, unless you sit, in, unless they allow the pro football focus guys, and this would be complete news to me, maybe pro football focus guys and all the clowns that want to tout it, how great it is, maybe those guys are sitting in the film room on, on freaking Mondays and breaking down film. And so they know something that the rest of us don't. But wow. it's highly unlikely because it doesn't happen. Um, that's the problem for me with pro football focus. I think wow. Lindstrom is a really smart player, and I mm -hmm. think he's a guy that does well. Problem for me is when he doesn't do well, it's against the elite players in the league. Right. Um, you know, he he actually. I mean, if you want to you want to go to Sunday, this is the problem, and and this isn't Lindstrom's fault, but Lindstrom won the rep against the Ron Payne on the play that you see his Paul get thrown up and yep. knocks it down, and it causes the interception. And I say wins the rep. Go look at the play. Lindstrom does his job. Yeah. Um, against Deron Payne, because it's it's clearly that's his guy. I mean, it's a one on one there, right? But how does Pro Football Focus grade that? Do they did they grade him there that he won, or did they did they count it as a loss because his guy got a hand up? Technically, he won there. He did everything right. So I don't right. know, and no one can tell you the answer except for the guys at Pro Football Focus, and they don't even know what happened half the time there. So. <laughs> I'm not using that. I'm using eye tests. And I think Lindstrom is a good player. And I think on an offensive line that's not very good in pass protection, mm. you need guys that are good. Uh, I, I like Caleb McGarry a lot. But he's not very good in pass pro. No. And and no. I need this this offensive line, to me, needs to get better in the offseason in pass protection. 
And how mm. do you do that? I don't know if you do that by rolling the same five out there. Um, so that is, that's a situation for me. Elijah Wilkinson, maybe you sign the guy back. Look, I'd like to have him back regardless, because even if you fill, if you bring someone else in to play left guard, Wilkinson's a guy on this roster that's a swing guy, and he's yep. shown that he can fill in in the need. And right. we all know we need depth on this team. Yep. But I, I can't give Caleb McGarry a contract. Um, not a big one anyways. Uh, you know, maybe bring it. I just think you need to upgrade that position, and I think you need to upgrade the offensive line. To me, the offensive line needs to be upgraded in a minimum of two positions, and I, I don't know how you do that. Can you go do it? Can you, is there a guy out there right now on the offensive line you think uh, in in college that you could draft in the second round, third round maybe they get a guy? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. It's not my job. Not And, and, and it's a little early now, uh, regard, even if it was, but I might have my eyes on some guys. So – to me, uh, the money that's going to be there this offseason needs to be used on both sides of the line, the offense and the defense. I need a couple more defensive linemen in here. Mm-hmm. Look, I love my guys like Abdul Anderson, uh, yep. 6'4", almost 300 pounds. Guy was on the street. Yep. brought him in, uh, in, in in the middle of training camp, and he, and he did well. And uh, I see the middle a couple of days in, and he did well, and he's played well. But without without TQ, the defensive line has shown even more need yep. for these guys. So uh, for more guys, Grady needs help. This team yep. can't get off double teams on the other side of the ball. So as much as I love Caleb McGarry, I'm not going to overspend for him, and, and and I don't know if we're going to be on the same page of what he's worth. And I would right. like to upgrade that position. So right now. You know, yeah, sure with Lindstrom, but maybe that's even something we do in the middle of next season, and that's not a priority in this offseason necessarily because he is locked in for another year. Don't right. let him walk. Don't, you know, let's not have something that, that kind of carries over. But right now, um, I, I, I think he, you know, he's not a top priority because you do have him for another year. I'm with you completely. I think everybody pretty much agrees that you need to bring Chris Lindstrom back. Like you need, that's a guy you need to resign. That's one of your own that you need to resign and continue to develop and continue to have on this football team. Cause he has been pretty consistent, but I'm with you on Caleb McGarry for one, because not only is he not very good in pass protection, but you know, in, in run blocking and the story on Caleb McGarry has always been, if he get his hands on you, he's good. But with those speed rushers coming off the edge, a lot of times he can't get his hands on them, and they, he he just they they go right by him, and you know at that point he's no good. So I'm with you on there. And then you know when you talk about Caleb McGarry and what he's done over the sample size of these well four or five years he's been in the league or four years he's been in the league, you know he this is really the one year where he's been exceptional. At run blocking, too. And, I mean, he's still not good at pass blocking. So, while you could say this is his best year, you know, is it kind of a – is it his best year because he is on a contract year? You know, we've seen plenty of times where guys do have one solid year on their contract year and they have a contract and then, you know, they might take a step back. So, is it going to be that situation with Caleb McGarry? I hope not. But that goes to your point of I don't think we've seen enough to where we – are ready and feel safe about making that type of investment. Now, if you guys can come to an agreement, like you said, maybe on a shorter term deal with less money, then maybe, you know, Caleb McGarry is a guy you can bring back when you don't have that big of an investment. But I don't know if 
Caleb and his team are, are going to want something like that, an arrangement like that. So, you know, you never know. We'll let that play out. But right now, it does seem like Caleb McGarry may be one of those guys that that you that you move on from. And you, like you said, try to upgrade to that position with the money you will have at the end of this offseason. So it will be interesting to see. You also made a good point when we talk about Chris Lindstrom as we now transition to taking our first look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You made a good point about Chris Lindstrom, and, and when you said he plays against the elite, he struggles. Well, he's going up against the elite this week, and, you know, I actually I listened to the interview that Dukes and Bell, the show you're the executive producer for, and do a great job, by the way, uh, you guys had on Chuck Smith yesterday, and you and Chuck Smith talked about the matchup that he is most intrigued by and the, the matchup he's looking forward to the most when we talk about Falcons and Steelers, is Cam Hayward against Chris Lindstrom. Cam Hayward is, even though he's older, he's still an elite football player and still an elite defensive lineman, not only for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but in the entirety of the NFL when you talk about defensive linemen. So how is Chris Lindstrom going to hold up against Cam Hayward? And, you know, you call Dukes and Chuck Smith and Mike Bell, they're all talking about it. Cam Hayward is a big, big fella. And, you know, that automatically might be a matchup to watch right there is Cam Hayward versus Chris Lindstrom. We'll get more into that on Friday. But that that is going to be interesting to see how, you know, that's an elite matchup for Chris Lindstrom. And how does he handle that on on Sunday? Because, you know, obviously the protection up front comes first and foremost when you talk about, you know, what what the keys to victory are. You don't want Cam Hayward wrecking your, uh, your run game or your passing game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, like Cam Hayward's a good player, um, yeah, and and he and he's been one for for years now. Um, he's having a, another pretty pretty good year. I think Derrick Brown right now is probably playing, but I think Derrick Brown is is turned into probably one of the best defense, um, you know, D linemen in in in, in football, and I think he's kind yeah. of flying under the radar because of where he plays. You know, he plays at Carolina mm-hmm. again. That Carolina defense a lot better than people realize, and honestly. Yep. This Pittsburgh defense is is not so bad itself. Um, mm-hmm. They, ironically enough, they've, they've they've they're not very good in the passing game, and they've been a better <laughs> run defense. Um, yeah, but I don't want to get ahead of myself because I know we're gonna do the first. I guess we're rolling into the we're first. We're in the first right look now. now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I didn't even think about it, but but this defense, they're. They're a better run defense than they are a pass. They're top, they're top ten and run against the run, only allowing 104 yards. So once again, and if you go back and you look at last week, it was in a situation where we were we, last week you went against the sixth best run defense. Yep. So Arthur Smith has shown that at least in the run game, he's able to scheme the run game to productivity. Um, right. This is this is a, a a run offense that's that's rarely been shut down all year. And right. it's been a good thing. And the passing offense, this is the this is the thirty first passing offense against the thirtieth passing defense and Falcons offense versus the Steelers defense. So this isn't a situation where you you've got two great uh you know, where one side is is good versus good and the other is bad versus bad. And um but you look over this defense and there are at every level, there are guys who have been players. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is a first-round draft pick who 
who um, has kind of excelled since he he oh, left yeah. Miami and came to to Pittsburgh. You look over in the um, in their second level, which would be the linebackers. Now they run a three four, but you've got Miles Jack, former Jaguar, another former yep. first round pick, Devin Bush, um, another former first round pick, TJ yep. Watt, who is he is technically a linebacker in this defense, but he like Lorenzo Carter and those guys, he's an edge rusher, and he mm-hmm. is absolutely um, one of the best edge rushers in, in in football. And he's he's not been that guy this year. I'm not even sure, honestly. I'd have to check. I know that he came off an injury last yeah. season, and, and I think if I'm not mistaken, he nearly tore his pec. Um, basically tore his pec. Uh, this season, at some point this season, he missed a few. He missed some time. Came back. He's been back for maybe I don't know exactly. He's been back for at least a week because he played this. He played Monday night, he's but been he's back been for back for at least weeks. two, three weeks. Huh? He's been back for three weeks, and three in, that weeks. Time, okay. in that time, he's only gotten thirteen tackles and a half a sack. And since yeah. he came back, oh, he's still getting ramped up. So you would like to right. think that we would, you know. He doesn't have his coming out party against us, right? I hope not. <laughs> but then, then you go to the front, and 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 again, you get into some guys like Ogan Joby. I mean, that's a guy that that yeah. Larry Ogan Joby is a guy that came from Cleveland, or excuse me, Cincinnati last year. He was drafted originally by Cleveland. He's he spent his whole career in this uh, this AFC North division, and he's a guy that can play. You know, he's a not a small guy, six three three over three hundred pounds. All their guys, I mean, their smallest guy on their defensive line goes at 293, which is uh, wow. – and he's a 6'7 guy, and is a lot of milk. Um, so they've got some big boys up front, yeah. and, and and Cameron Hayward is another one. So this, de- this defense has players, a lot like the one last week. They've got some guys in every level that can play. So can you neutralize them and, sh- and, and shorten the game? And, 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 and Dylan uh, – I don't know if you have anything more on their defense, but uh, getting over their offense, in some ways, it's going to be like looking in the mirror. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, this team they like to they like to run the football, and something that will be interesting to see is the health of Najee Harris. Now that you bring up the Steelers' offense, because he did uh, get hurt with an abdominal injury in the Monday night game against Matt Ryan and the Colts. And he did not return to the game. So he did. He was back on the sidelines and lucky he was kind of stretching things out. Um, But he did not return in that football game. Now the Steelers did still end up getting the win, but that will be something to look out for because if for some reason he's not able to go, that is obviously a huge, huge blow to what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do because, you know, that's their guy. Najee Harris is their guy. Just like Kenny Pick is their guy. Najee Harris is their guy. And uh, he's he's a huge part of their offense. And like you said, they don't necessarily want Kenny Pickett to throw the football 30, 35 times a game. They want to hand the ball off and kind of hit you in the mouth throwing the football with Najee Harris and the rest of that running back crew. So if Najee Harris is out, that's obviously a huge blow uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And just going back to their uh, their their defense just really quickly. And you touched on it. They've been, you know, worse in the past than they have been in the run. So it's going to be interesting to see just how the the Falcons are able to attack that because, you know, you would like to think 
Yeah, with the team that isn't so good in their pass defense, and you know they're supposed to be good in the run defense. I mean, I'm not concerned about the uh, team that's good with their run defense. I mean, Arthur Smith has shown even even against good run defenses, the the Falcons are going to get their rush yards. I mean, that's just is what it is. But you hope there's something there's some things there that they can exploit on the passing side uh, of 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 the football and and in the passing game that they can exploit as far as you know, when they're offense and the Steelers are on defense. But back to the offense really quickly. Um, if Najee can't go, Bo, that, that's obviously a huge blow to them. And you feel a lot better about your chances because it might mean, you know, one, Najee Harris isn't hopefully gashing you for a whole bunch of yards, but you might see Kenny Pickett throwing the ball a little bit more, which bodes well for the Falcons. Well, yeah, and, and look, it doesn't bode too well if um... – if pick if George Pickens, a former Georgia product, oh, continues to to ball out, but again, look, He's this offense ball. is pedestrian. Um, yeah. It, again, yeah, you know, look, I mean, tw- twenty eight in scoring. Um, they they, they they're twenty first in running the ball, but the problem is, is you you know you mentioned the Najee Harris injury, but Benny Smell, Jalen Warren, those are guys that those aren't those aren't bad players, nope. and it worries you if if Najee Harris can go and if they they can. They can get after you um, because this run defense has been gashed the last few weeks. And so it's probably three weeks in a row, if I'm not mistaken. So you've, you've got to step up and you, you really don't want them to have their way um, because it, it is it is just not been good lately. And they, that's what they want to do. They want to limit. They, they want to throw this thing maybe 25 times with Kenny Pickett as, as well as he's coming on. He's still not. Um, he's still a rookie and he's still not there. And, and, and look, George Pickens, as well as he's played, he only had three catches for 57 yards last week. It always seems to be a crazy catch. And you got to remember that. See, that's one of the things that we don't think about that, that these guys, look, you, you, you're not going to stop them every play. They're going to have their play here and there. There, George Pickens is going to make a wild catch in this game. (laughs) And the, and and that's, that's part of it. What you've got to do is limit it. Limit those mm-hmm. things. Don't you know? Force them after he makes a play of that. Stop their run game and then force them to kick a field goal. Or maybe if you can limit the possessions, that it just doesn't hurt you. But just it it all. We're, we're getting a little. I'm, I'm I'm starting to roll a little bit ahead with some of the things like how you limit those. But just make sure you can limit the damage because you 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 go into a game knowing that to an extent they're gonna get. Some of these guys are going to get there. You, you just know now with the league, they're going to run for 100 yards. Make sure it's not 150. They're yeah. going to score points. Make sure there are more field goals than touchdowns, like in the red right. area. It's just those little things. Just like you know that you're going to have limited opportunities in the red area. Make sure you score touchdowns on those chances, which, yep. you know, we we really didn't um, – we're. Last week we didn't have a lot of possessions in the red zone. I think we were one of two, I believe, in the yep. red area. We we were stuck on the outside, but this defense is twenty fourth in red area score uh, as far as giving up scores. And our offense has actually been one of the better offenses in the red area. You know, you're you're scoring a, a touchdowns at a sixty one percent clip. You gotta you gotta do that again this week. And you, when you get in the red area, you gotta put touchdowns and put pressure on them. And that's just kind of what I've got because you've got 
some some younger players on their team in some key positions. So that that's my look ahead. Um, you know, again, a quick recap. Not a, not a great offense. It's 28th in scoring. Their defense is 24th in scoring. You're a four, you're 14th in scoring as an offense, and your defense is 25th in scoring. So you just gotta score touchdowns when you have the opportunity, um, and 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 make these numbers kind of come to fruition. I do want to say this as we wrap up because I think this is important to mention. Uh, the Falcons have to get back to sacking the quarterback on a consistent basis. I mean, right now it, it's kind of seem they they've been able to get some sacks, but they haven't been able to do it consistently. Right now, it seems like they're more so getting sacks on guys who usually take sacks and are are kind of bad about taking sacks. They got to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow usually takes a lot of sacks. And, I mean, even though the offensive line isn't good, I mean, part of taking sacks is on the quarterback, and Joe Burrow takes some, takes a lot of sacks. So we got to him. Justin Fields, usually, you know, even though he's mobile, believe it or not, he takes a lot of sacks. So we were able to sack him. Um we we Taylor Heineke doesn't take a lot of sacks. We didn't get to him that often. So we got to get back to sacking the quarterback, no matter who the quarterback is. And a part of that is, you know, who we have out there. And unfortunately, Arnold Epicady, uh, he's dealing with, uh, he's been dealing with a little, uh, not a little, but a forearm wrist type injury. And uh, he, that tweet, that got tweaked a little bit. And he wasn't able to return. Uh, he didn't play uh, a good portion of the second half. Uh, last game so that's going to be a key factor too to see if we have our, our rookie AK out there hopefully he's able to run down Kenny Pickett and sack him um, but that's going to be a big deal as well whether AK's out there or not we have to find a way to get Kenny Pickett down and he's a mobile too he can extend the play uh, he's he's not a Lamar Jackson or anybody like that but he can run on you he can extend the play so that's something the Falcons have to be mindful of as well they've you know They've been okay, I guess, for the most part against mobile quarterbacks. Like you said, they're going to get their rush yards. They're going to do their thing. You just have to limit it. And that includes Kenny Pickett and him running the football. You got to limit that as well. And hopefully you can kind of did what you did at, at times against Justin Fields, kind of get a nice mush rush on him and cave and collapse things in on him. You can bring him down uh, more times than not. So we'll see about that. And we'll keep you updated on the health of Arnold Epicati as well, because that's going to be. Um, a big deal for the Atlanta Falcons, whether he plays or not. But it's pretty much going to do it for this episode of Peace Street Football. We, we gave you a little taste. We gave you our first look. We can't give you too big of a bite here on a Wednesday because we're going to take a deep dive on Friday. But make sure you guys like this podcast. Make sure you download the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Peace Street Football wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on the Odyssey app. We are wherever you get your podcast. So, Bo Morgan, do you? Have, I know you pretty much wrapped it up, but I want to give you one final chance here. Do you have any final thoughts here on a Wednesday before we get deep, deep, knees deep, elbows deep into the matchup that is Falcons versus Steelers on Friday? Yeah, all you people in Kennesaw that have a line backed out the wazoo for a Whataburger, <laughs> just chill, guys. Go to Waffle House, get you a good Southern classic. Um, Whataburger will be there. You know, it'll, it'll be around in a week when it calms down. Go get you a burger there. I've had a Whataburger. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say it's the greatest thing I've ever eaten. It's also been like 20 years since I had Whataburger. Um, it's good. 
but it'll be there in a few weeks or a few days. So just relax and don't get killed or spend 20, 30, an hour, two hours for a burger. Okay. It'll be okay. It'll be there in a couple of weeks and you won't have the line right. like you do now. Maybe it'll be a Chick-fil-A line at that point, but look, <laughs> just relax. It's okay. Um, and and whatever you do, do not come to the Woodstock one when it opens because I'll be there. So that's all I got on a Wednesday. <laughs> that is a great way to end it. Speaking of burgers, you know, if you guys want a burger, you never get a chance to get that uh, that Wagyu burger that Arby's had for a while. They're bringing it back. I just saw a commercial a couple of days ago that they're bringing that burger back as well. So, you know, you can go stand in line if the water burger is busy you can go in the arby's line and go get the wagyu burger if you haven't had it already so there you go a great way to end it. it's always great when you end things on a food note um but a great way to end it here on peace street football so you heard Bo more Bo morgan loud and clear stop crowding up the kennesaw water burger it's you know it's it's a burger if you had one you had them all but anywho make sure you guys again download the podcast like this podcast and subscribe to peace street football wherever you get your podcast for Bo Morgan, aka Squid Billy. I'm Dylan Matthews. Thank you guys for listening. We will give you a deep dive into Falcons versus Steelers on Friday. That's when we'll talk to you next. We'll give you our matchup. So watch keys to the game. I'll give you Dylan's decided factor. And of course, we will end things with our score predictions. But until Friday, peace. H-E-L, 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 H-E-